Once again, how good it is to be back here in River Falls for this beautiful ceremony celebration and to welcome each and every one and to wish everyone a happy Easter. And I hope that doesn't sound strange, but I'm afraid it does. How many of you this morning when you woke up said happy Easter to each other? And again, how sad that is that we don't. We're in the fifth Sunday of Easter. We're still in the Easter season. And our God gives us this gift to live these 50 days, to live in that joy and hope of Easter. We're an Easter people. We're Christmas people. Again, Christmas and Easter aren't given to us by God just to be lived out one day out of the year or even the 50 days of Easter. Christmas and Easter should be lived every single day of our lives. Again, that hope, that promise, that joy, that peace of Christmas and Easter, those gifts given to us to be lived, to share. It's certainly the message that we've been receiving throughout this Easter season, especially in the Sunday liturgies. Easter Sunday, we heard the gospel or the empty tomb, that hope and that promise of the empty tomb and the risen Christ. The second Sunday of Easter was the resurrected Christ appearing to the disciples that first Easter Eve. The disciples are locked in that upper room for fear of their lives, and Jesus appears to them, breathes on them, saying, Peace I give you. We heard that Thomas wasn't there, so later on when Thomas is there, Jesus comes again, and he breathes on them again, giving them that gift of peace. Not a false peace like the world gives, not a peace that's just the absence of anxiety or turmoil in our lives. But the true peace, that love of our God that can see us through. Not just the good times, the fun times, but the tough times of life. Allowing us to have that peace in the midst of those things. Because we know that our God loves us, we know that our God is with us. We know that if we allow him to, our God will help us through anything. The third Sunday of Easter was the story of the road to Emmaus. The two disciples walking along, Jesus joins them. And he explains everything in scripture about him, everything in the Old Testament about him. And finally, they recognize him in the breaking of the bread. And immediately they run back to Jerusalem. Jerusalem that they had left in fear and defeat. They run back rejoicing, telling the others, we've seen him, he is alive, he is risen. Last Sunday, Good Shepherd Sunday, I think most of us have heard, you know, the analogy of Jesus being the Good Shepherd. But Jesus says last Sunday, as good shepherd, I am the sheep gate. 
The good shepherd would lay across the gate of the sheep paddock where the sheep would come in and come in and out and he'd protect them. And that's what Jesus says, I invite you into my life and I will protect you. But he's not going to necessarily keep us there against our will, allowing us in and out. And today, those beautiful readings that we have. In the second reading, St. Peter refers to Jesus as that living stone that was rejected by human beings, but chosen and precious in the sight of our God. Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior, sent into this world, rejected, because he didn't fit what he was supposed to be, a Savior, as a mighty king in the line of David. Peter continues on, that he is the cornerstone of Zion, referring to the heavenly city Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem. He's the cornerstone of the kingdom of heaven ushered into this world. The kingdom of heaven that we live in right now. Certainly not to the fullness, but the kingdom of heaven present to us. Jesus in the gospel continues on to say, do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God, have faith also in me. And a couple of verses later, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Whoever comes to me will have life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. When Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled, He's not telling us that we can expect to make it through life without any hurts or any pains. What he's telling us, if we come to him, if we live our life with him as our way, our truth, and our life, that there's nothing that this world can throw at us. There's no hurts or no pains that he won't see us through, that he won't help us through. There's no temptation that if we allow him to, he will not help us fight. Guiding us to eternal life. For those about to be confirmed, again, what a beautiful set of readings those are for this celebration. My young sisters and brothers, in a few minutes, just as Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit before, at his baptism, as he began his public ministry, as you prepare for the rest of your life, you will be anointed with that same Holy Spirit, that same fullness of the Spirit that Jesus was anointed with, preparing you to go forth, preparing you for what lies ahead. If you allow that outpouring of the Holy Spirit to, it will fulfill, well, it automatically fulfills your baptism. You become that full member, fully initiated into the life of the Holy Catholic Church, the living body of Christ here on earth. 
In a few minutes, I will trace the sign of the cross on your forehead with a sacred chrism, a sacred chrism that was consecrated at the chrism mass back in March, a sacred chrism that just as the water and wine that will be placed on this altar and through the pair of consecration be changed into the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through the consecration of that sacred chrism, it is no longer just oil, but it's a mysterious means by which our God has chosen to impart on us that indelible mark, an indelible mark of the Holy Spirit, giving us that fullness of the Spirit, giving us that fullness of life in our God. For those of you being confirmed again from the letters that you sent me, you've been studying, you've been practicing your faith, you've been praying, you've been serving the needs of others. And many of you have said that in spite of all of that, you still have doubts, you still have questions. To those with doubts and questions, I say, welcome to an adult faith life. Because I hope and I pray there's not a one of us here that don't still have doubts, still have questions. Because it's through those doubts, it's through those questions that if we allow them to, that we can dig deeper into our faith, we can dig deeper into that relationship with our God. We can allow our God to reveal himself more fully to us. I pray, keep questioning, keep doubting. But I pray to God that you never allow yourself to fall into the trap of the world today. A world that says, if I can't prove God, if I can't smell, touch, feel, he can't exist. Don't fall into that trap that just because in our finite humanity, we can't fully grasp the infinite. It doesn't mean the infinite doesn't exist. Our God does exist. And if we could fully grasp him, if we could fully understand, we destroy God. Because by, you know, that very definition, God is beyond all other. He's beyond us. And that doesn't mean, well, he's beyond me. Why do I try to find him? We need to continue that search. As St. Augustine says, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, my God. Born in that image, you're created in that image, that likeness of God. We have that natural instinct, that natural yearning to be united with God. And if we don't search for that relationship, if we don't find our happiness in God, our fulfillment in God, we look elsewhere. And that's what the world's calling us to do. Calling us to find God, our God, our happiness in other places. But there's never a satisfying 
finding God in other places. Because there's always bigger, there's always newer, there's always best. The sacrament of confirmation isn't magic. It's not going to answer all our questions. It's not going to, you know, fulfill everything. It's mystery, not magic. Several of you, you know, in your letters and the other letters that I've read, you know, I hope after confirmation I'm going to have more time, you know, to come to church. Next Sunday isn't that going to miraculously be 25 hours long so that you've got more time to come to church. But if we have that true relationship with God, if we have that right relationship with our Lord, there's nothing more important. And it's amazing how things begin to fall together, fall in place, if we really do put God first in our lives. It may not mean that we're going to be able to do everything that we were. But you're going to be amazed at how much you can and how much better what you do will be. If you allow it to, the gift of the Holy Spirit, this sacrament will give you that strength, that grace, courage, knowledge, fortitude that you need to make that adult choice. To accept the gift of faith that God and your family have instilled in you. And help you to make that adult commitment to yourself and to God to continue to grow in your faith. To grow in that relationship with our Lord, the church, the living body of Christ. As Pope Francis has said, confirmation is not a sacrament of goodbye. It's the sacrament of hello. It's a new beginning, not an end. So as we continue our Easter celebration, as we continue this celebration, let us open our hearts to all of God's many gifts. And let us rejoice that with us, those first disciples, Jesus came to show us today that gift of his peace, that gift of faith. I pray that for each and every one of us, that our minds may be open just a little bit more to that word of God as revealed to us in sacred scripture, to the truths of the traditions of our faith, to that love of our God poured out into our hearts through the celebration of the sacraments, the Eucharist confirmation of all the sacraments. And I hope and I pray, my friends, that every single time we approach this altar or one like it, when we reach out to extend our hand to receive that gift of the body, blood of our Lord, that we truly, as those disciples on the road to Emmaus, recognize our Lord in that breaking of the bread. And I hope and I pray that our reaction is like theirs, that only response possible for someone who is truly seen the Lord, who's truly been touched by our God, that we turn and we follow him as our way, our truth, and our life. Because as we, if we do, 
We can certainly experience that conversion of heart, that strength and the power of the Holy Spirit necessary to live the gospel values, that we might truly be that chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own. A people of his own, working together to build a society that truly does follow Jesus as our way, our hope, and our life. Today and every day, I wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Easter.